Well, good day, church family. Welcome back to another edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott. And this is Kevin. And it's been a few weeks, but we are excited to break down this last week's sermon here from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10, Save to Serve, which Pastor Kevin uh, just so uh, helpfully put before our church family on Sunday. So we're going to jump in and just try to better process what we learned here on Sunday. We'll kind of uh, work our way through uh, the text here itself. So, uh, Kevin, you had mentioned uh, here in these early verses, especially verses 5 and 6 in this passage, this is a passage that really talks about um, kind of our benefits with Christ, right? So it talks about, uh, Paul talks about here being made alive together with Christ, raised up with Christ, seated with Christ. There's a lot of that That's with so good, Christ language, right? And so you had made a, a statement here uh, to some effect in the sermon about how really our our union with Christ is really the essence of Christianity. It's really uh, perhaps the best way to sum up what it means to be a Christian. Now, that's not necessarily language anybody uses on the street, right? When somebody asks you, what does it mean to be a Christian? A lot of times, you know, you'll hear it's, well, you know, I trust in Jesus as my Savior. It means I go to church, you know, all kinds of things. But very rarely do you say it means I'm united with Christ. So, uh, maybe explain that a little bit more and help us understand that, not just from what Paul's saying, but how do we see that really just uh, in the Bible itself? Yeah, I, I think that's so important for us to understand. Salvation, to be saved, is not to make a decision. It's not, it's, it's not about a decision. John chapter 1, verse 13 is very clear. We're not saved by the will of man. So God saves. And so to be saved is to be made one with Jesus. Uh, this is what Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm one with Christ. Christ lives in me. He's mm-hmm. the hand that fills my glove, right? I am just the fabric of a dead, sinful glove. Mm-hmm. And through resurrection, salvation, power, God's life comes mm-hmm. inside of me and animates my life for mm-hmm. the glory of God. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the mm-hmm. Son of God who loved me and gave mm-hmm. himself for me. Galatians 2.20 is such a glorious truth, mm-hmm. and it reflects really well this passage in Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter 2, that we are one with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's picturesque language that you're going to see really throughout the New Testament that just really beautifully illustrates this reality of this this union, this idea that we are one with Christ, that he is one with us, um, you know, you think of Second Corinthians five twenty one that says, you know, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, yeah. so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, <laughs> when God looks at us, what He sees is Christ, yeah. right? Like He doesn't see new, crea- as, yeah. new creature, yeah, new creation. A, I can't even yeah, say it. No, it's new it's, creature. Yeah, and Romans six when it talks about us being baptized into Christ Jesus, not yes. necessarily water baptism, but baptism, just that word of being immersed in and covered in, yeah. right? Like, so when, again, God sees us, what he sees is Christ yes. in us. 
Um, and so it would really be interesting, church, if you ever did uh, just a, a study throughout the New Testament, if you're doing some type of New Testament reading plan, I would encourage you to think about all the times that you see that language in Christ and just yes. underline it, circle it, especially as it relates to you or your relationship with him or with Christ, right? Yeah. Like the underlying because you're going to, all of a sudden you're going to see it everywhere and see <laughs> that this is, this is truly, as Kevin said, the essence of what it means to be a Christian. Now, with that, obviously, is the idea of what is it that unites us with Christ? Well, you mentioned very clearly in this, it is faith, right? It is yes. by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, very helpful for us to try to think about here. What is the relationship of our faith to our salvation, right? Yes. Because we make it very clear here that salvation is not... By works, verse 9, not a result right. of works, so that no one may boast. And yet, we think to ourselves, well, faith is my decision to follow Jesus. Yeah. So that sure feels a lot like that is that is a work on my part, right? Like, I, you know, it's 99.7% God, but like, you know, I, I still have well, to believe. So yeah. how do we understand it as a gift versus a work in the Christian yeah. life? Faith is... To, to put your faith in Christ is to not trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. a non-work. Mm -hmm. It's to, to, to have faith means, a synonym to faith would be trust mm -hmm. or to believe. Mm -hmm. And what, you, what you're saying is when we believe mm -hmm. in Jesus for our salvation, we're not believing in ourselves for our yeah. salvation. Mm -hmm. When we put our trust in Jesus for our salvation, that necessarily mm -hmm. means we are not trusting ourselves mm -hmm. for our salvation. Mm -hmm. So so faith, it, we are saved through faith. In other words, we are saved by laying down our self-reliance, mm -hmm. laying down our self-trust, laying down our self-dependence, and mm -hmm. instead casting our, our eternal standing before a holy God entirely upon mm -hmm. the work of God himself. We mm -hmm. are trusting God's work, mm -hmm. not our work. And that's what it means to be saved by faith. Yeah. If, uh, let me read. Can mm -hmm. I read yeah. really quick? Yeah. Romans 4. Oh, yeah. church, if you're listening to this, open your Bibles to Romans 4. And when you turn off this podcast, read through the entire chapter of Romans 4. Because Romans 4 makes this amazing mm -hmm. argument of how our salvation is by faith. Look at verse... Um, let me see if I can find it really quick here. Um, uh, verse four. Okay, here it is. It's actually ver it's actually before that. Um, verse two. For if Abraham was justified by works, then he'd have something to boast about. Mm -hmm. Okay. In other words, <laughs> Paul said, "We're not saved by works." so that we would not boast. Mm -hmm. But but verse 2 of Romans 4 says, if Abraham was justified for, by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. You can't boast before God about mm -hmm. your works, but what, is, what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, that's faith, mm -hmm. and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works... His wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. In other words, when mm -hmm. you go to work, you get your paycheck. Mm -hmm. That's not your employer giving mm -hmm. you a gift. Yeah, That's something that you worked for. That's your wages. That's what you earned. 
But verse 5, to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith mm-hmm. is counted as righteousness. And so the whole chapter goes on to explain what does it mean to be mm-hmm. saved or justified or uh, declared righteous mm-hmm. just because I mm-hmm. trust in the work of God rather than mm-hmm. my own. Yeah, maybe a good word even to attribute with all this even is just that word surrender, right? Yeah. Like it's a complete uh, abandonment of any self-reliance, any ability of yourself. And as we even said with the chair analogy, right? It's casting yourself fully and completely upon yeah. something else yeah. to support yeah. you. You stop holding yourself up and you, mm-hmm. you, you trust in that chair to hold you. So th- my two-word definition for faith mm-hmm is humble dependence. Mm-hmm. If it's a four-word definition, it'd be humble dependence upon God. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is. We are saved by faith. We are kept saved by faith. Mm-hmm. Our eternity is dependent upon faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is the condition. You, mm-hmm. you, Somebody who's trusting in themselves cannot be saved. Yeah. It, there is one condition for salvation, and it is simply to depend upon Christ. Yeah. Oh, run to Jesus, dear friend. Depend and cast your soul entirely upon Jesus. He is the rock of our salvation. Mm-hmm. He is the rock of our refuge. He alone can save you. And again, this is where that context in Ephesians is important to remember, as we talked about in verses 1 through 3. We were dead. We were enemies. You know, the list goes on and on of all these things. And then verse 4, the but God yeah. made us alive, right? <laughs> and so to understand it that way that, you know, there has to be a first actor yes. in this. And Scripture is very clear our, of our inability to do anything first. Yeah. And so if there is any pronouncement of faith, it is because God has prompted that within us that he has given that ability to us not anything we would conjure on our own i love that one of the things scott i took away from this message myself Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things from ephesians study in ephesians 2 4 to 10 this week was not just that we're saved by grace Mm -hmm. We, we've, we've, I've known that. We've, we've studied that. We've been teaching that. I mean, mm-hmm. Ephesians 1, 4 says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. <laughs> like, these mm-hmm. are glorious salvation. But that even before the foundation of the world, he mm-hmm. chose what works mm-hmm. we would have to do. Like, God didn't just predetermine our salvation. Mm-hmm. He predetermined our ministry, mm-hmm. our obedience, our mm-hmm. love. These good works that he he'd call us to, this fulfillment of righteousness, and that just radically changes how I mm-hmm. think about my life and my ministry. Thinking that the same God who mm-hmm. purposed before time to set His grace upon me for salvation is the same God who purposed mm-hmm. before time to set upon me His grace for my service mm-hmm. and my service. And so now, when when I when I believe when I'm praying and I believe God's calling me to to minister in some way that scares me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, I want to take the easy way out. Like, let somebody mm-hmm. else do that. Or when I, I believe God's calling mm-hmm. me to, to step out in some new way of ministry, like the confidence mm-hmm. that God has foreordained that same ministry mm-hmm. by the same powerful grace that saved me, that just inspires me to entrust myself mm-hmm. even more with humble dependence for my, yeah. my ministry. I just love that. That was a neat 
thought for me. Well, and you're bringing in here the the second half of this, which is this idea we have been, you know, we're saved to serve. So yeah. the idea of we are, you know, we are God's workmanship, and as God's workmanship, He has crafted us for a purpose, and as to serve, and as to give ourselves, and as to do good works here. This is always the part where in this where we get maybe a little turned around sometimes and we think to ourselves like okay like we are you know responsible to do good works and yet sometimes if we're not careful we you know we read a passage like this or especially for the unbeliever it's you know we can see the good works part and think to ourselves that somehow we earn god's favor or even for the christian if we're not careful we think to ourselves somehow our salvation is contingent upon our good right. works and so the right. very moment we start to struggle in doing those things we start to doubt the validity of maybe our salvation so maybe just help us understand that relationship of the good works for the Christian to to faith. Like what is what is God calling us for and oh, how do man, we how do we, not, how do we not how do we not make more or make less of the importance of good works yeah. in the Christian life? All right. Listen up. Listen up, dear friend. Because every single one of us who are listening right now mm -hmm. is a recovering legalist. There's only two religions in the world, mm -hmm. the religion of human achievement and the religion of divine accomplishment. <laughs> and Christianity is the only religion in the world that is the religion of divine accomplishment, where God saves apart from any condition, apart from any merit, apart from any deserving, God saves sinners. That's biblical Christianity. All other Christianity, doesn't matter if it's the cults mm -hmm. or Hinduism, Buddhism, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what religion you put in there. All false religion is the religion of human achievement. Mm -hmm. It's the religion that somehow adds mm -hmm. my efforts or my obedience to God's grace mm -hmm. in order to be saved. Now, if it's a non-theistic, non-Christian, mm -hmm. uh, quote-unquote religion, they might not even talk about grace. It might be mm -hmm. all works. Yeah. But in the Christian world, there is much that claims the name Christian that actually is false, mm -hmm. uh, false religion. Mm -hmm. It's the religion of human achievement. Anytime you add your performance mm -hmm. to God's grace as a condition for your salvation, you mm -hmm. destroy the grace of God. Mm -hmm. You you give yourself a reason for boasting, and that faith cannot save. Salvation is entirely by grace, not of works that we would boast. This is really, really important because we're recovering legalist. So we need to remember the order, the sequence of our works. Mm -hmm. Our obedience is produced by faith. Mm -hmm. Our obedience is produced by because we're saved, mm -hmm. not to earn our salvation or to keep us saved. So what? So here's my question that tells me a lot about what you're trusting in as a Christian. All right, Christian, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What are you trusting in to keep you saved? Mm -hmm. You claim to be a Christian. You claim to have trusted Christ. What are you trusting now mm -hmm. to keep you 
in the promise of God. And if you say, well, I'm, I'm trusting in the fact that I'm not blowing it mm-hmm. and that I'm, I'm continuing to grow and I'm obeying the Lord, if you're trusting in your obedience yeah. for your standing before God someday or for keeping you saved, mm-hmm. you are not trusting the biblical gospel. Mm-hmm. Grace alone is the grounds mm-hmm. or the basis for our salvation. The only thing that our works can give to the Christian is, is confidence mm-hmm. and assurance that God has saved us. Yeah. But they're never the grounds of our salvation. They're the proof. They're the evidence. It's, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, it, just because my gauge on my dashboard says my tank is full, my, my gas tank is mm-hmm. full, doesn't mean it's not the same thing as the gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. The gauge just gives me confidence there's gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. But what powers my engine is the fact that there's fuel in the tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my... My gauge just says, hey, hey, I want you to know, driver, there's fuel in the tank. You, you can know that. Mm-hmm. But that's the gauge doesn't have the power to fuel the engine. Mm-hmm. It just communicates to the driver, hey, there's fuel in the tank. Mm-hmm. When I see my works, mm-hmm. that's my gauge. It's saying, hey, God's at work in you. Mm-hmm. There is really, but that's the gauge has no power to move that vehicle forward. I need God in my soul. Mm-hmm. And then I see that God is, that the hand of God is in my glove. I mm-hmm. see that because of how I'm living. And that gives me confidence that God has saved me. But what the grounds of my salvation is the life of Jesus mm-hmm. in me himself. Does that make sense? I don't know. Help me. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're explaining it well for our people. Again, just trying to not, uh, letting the tail wag the dog, right? It's, yeah. there's, a, there's a particular word to this. There's a way that the scriptures speak to this idea of a particular order and redemption. I mean, there's a reason they call it the fruit of the Spirit. You yes. cannot have, you cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit apart from God's Spirit residing in you, which we know comes in uh, God's saving grace when he, um, when he redeems the heart, he puts his Spirit within you. And so to try to just try to help people produce spiritual fruit is going to be a frustration to them apart from abide in the vine abide Abide in the vine and you will produce the fruit apart from me you can do nothing apart from him you can do nothing Mm -hmm. so so he chose us so that we produce fruit Mm -hmm. that's why we must abide in the vine so i just want to encourage christian (laughs) that the 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 recovering Mm -hmm. legalist please listen Stop focusing so much attention mm-hmm. on what you do and what you think. Mm-hmm. Entrust yourself entirely to the grace of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flee to Jesus yeah. and and abide in him. Come to delight in Christ. You, If you love Christ, that's mm-hmm. what it means to believe in him. If you love Christ... Mm-hmm. then you will serve him mm-hmm. and and you will serve him with such joy because mm-hmm. he is in you mm-hmm. he will be that fuel for you yes yeah. mm-hmm. so so loved ones mm-hmm. fuel your affection for christ by reading the word and meditating on it every single day no christian can accomplish god's purpose for your life mm-hmm. apart from christ it's a profound 
profound truth that we studied this week, really looking at God's reconciliation, God's redemption of us in a personal sense, which leads well into this coming Sunday where yes. we're going to start to see what that looks like in a corporate sense, especially with the, <laughs> the church, church, right? The church. Um, it's so good, Scott. Any I, yeah, preview I, for that? I just, oh, hey, if you want to get prepared, okay, for Sunday's message in advance, mm. go and study God's design for the temple. Go in the Old Testament and start studying God's design for the temple. And as you study God's design for the temple, you'll be prepared for what's coming on Sunday. All right. Well, there you have it, church. A little bit of a homework assignment. Uh, <laughs> get those wheels turning before Sunday. But we're excited as we get into uh, this part, which will be a two-part series that we're excited for as we close out chapter two here in Ephesians. So, Pastor Kevin, thanks for uh, for teaching us so well, for bringing extra insight there. And church, thank you so much for your teachability. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. God bless you. We love you.